This is the Sales Development Podcast, powered by 10bound.com. This week, we take a look at sales training and how athletes actually make great places on sales teams, make the most for your business. This week, featuring the guest of J.R. Butler from Shiftwork and bringing his experience to the table, your recruiting, your sales team, and your athletes might just be a boom for your business. Hosted by David Delaney. This is the Sales Development Podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am honored and blessed to get the next guest on the show, someone I've been following for a while, and I've got a lot of questions for you, man. So, JR Butler, thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me, David. Super excited to be here. Just so you know, your podcast is required listening for all shift group candidates. Oh man. Okay. So they're going to get a double dose of you this week. Yeah. They get a little <laughs> extra JR in their life. That's okay though. I think <laughs> that's awesome, man. And you know, what you're doing for our community and how you've, you know, stepped up and started the group and working with the clients has been amazing. So let's take a step back. How did you get into this and what are you guys doing over a shift? Yeah. I mean, I always tell people I started the company for two versions of myself. One, me coming out of athletics, I played hockey at a high level. And I don't know if you know, anyone who knows hockey players knows that we all think we're going to play in the NHL someday. So my whole life, my whole identity was I was a hockey player and I was fortunate enough to grow up in a house with a father as a hockey coach, two little brothers that also played division one in professional hockey, one who actually played in the NHL and represented the US in the Olympics. And when I retired from hockey, I was a, like a lost puppy. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I found technology sales by accident. So the first reason I started the company was to make sure that other guys and girls like me don't find it by accident. They can get some good education on it. They can really understand what it's all about, what the career path is, et cetera. And then the other version of myself that I started the company for was me as a sales leader. I've been building and leading teams in software sales for the last decade and a half. And you know, hiring entry-level salespeople is really, really hard. It's a huge gamble, big attrition rates, right? And you know, we always looked for kids that had certain intangible characteristics like resiliency, competitiveness, coachability, work ethic, and a growth mindset. And being an athlete, the reasons I've been successful in sales is because of those things, because I worked on those muscles for 25 years before I ever sold anything. So I wish I could say it was rocket science, but if it was, I wouldn't have thought of it. It's pretty simple. We help companies de-risk those key characteristics because every single person we work with already has them guaranteed. And we add a little bit of training in there. And next thing you know, you got yourself a great salesperson. So again, helping athletes find this career, destigmatizing sales in general, and then helping sales leaders find great, great entry-level sales talent is the whole mission of the company. Oh, it's a win across the board. And I've got two little boys, so I can't imagine like three guys with hockey sticks, <laughs> like just the competitive nature of that household, man. My mother, she gets mad because I don't talk about her enough on podcasts, but she is an angel, right? Like, you know, three boys, we all were three sport athletes too. So oh my God. You know, okay. to say she put on a lot of miles on the station wagon would be the understatement of the year. She is an absolute angel. Was she just driving constantly? I mean, you guys had a couple hundred thousand miles on that thing. 
Oh yeah. All over New England, all over the Northeast. And she was a real estate, is a real estate agent. She got a lot of cell phone time in. I remember being angry about it when I was little. And now once I got it, became a salesperson, I was like, I'm sorry I was mad at you about being on the phone, mom. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> now it all makes sense. It all makes sense. Exactly. Dude, and so how does Shift Group work? So you were running sales teams and you saw this need in the marketplace. There were three that you mentioned. It was the characteristics. It was the ability to know the career, destigmatizing sales. I mean, there were so many needs that kind of all swirl in together there. So how yeah. does it work? How does it work for working with your you know, team, basically? Yeah. And I would actually add probably a third piece to it, which is diversity, right? There's a lot of people in technology sales that look like you and I, right? And I think that's no another... Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I think like, you know, that's another big piece of what we're doing. But the way I think about it, I actually just commercialized what I was doing for free anyway. So because of my network in hockey, I get calls every off season for the last 15 years from people that know me, my brothers or my dad, basically like, JR, you're not that smart. You've made a bunch of money. You seem to love what you do help me get into your industry. And I always did it. I would help them on the weekends, make connections to my network. And essentially what I did was the next time that happened, it was last summer. I had a lot of guys and girls that I was working with because of COVID. And I tried it with the company that I had helped hire a bunch of BDRs. And I said, hey, if I do this as an agency, would you guys pay me for these introductions? And they were like, yeah, 100%. So the actual model is we're a contingent recruiting agency with a unique spin that we only work with athletes and we spend a month with them before we put them in front of our hiring partners. So, you know, I've always said, I don't want to charge athletes. I don't want to make them sign anything. I want to give them this access for free. If we can connect them with a company, amazing. That's how we make money, a percentage of their first year base salary. But we have a lot of athletes that use our training and take roles out of our network. The funny thing about that is, it usually leads to more business. We always get introduced to their teammates and friends, and they always do so well in the companies they go work for that I think 30% of our customers have come from companies that hired people from our training program, not through us. So it's a really simple model, David. That's amazing. So, And it's a two-sided market because the more reputation that you build up with the employers, then that gets back and you get better candidates and it just continues to grow. Yeah. It's amazing. Okay. It's pure momentum. Okay. So it's a big transition to go from an athlete into the tech world. I mean, how do you start when you're working with them to kind of ease them in? Because I can imagine if you just went in cold, it would be really rough. Yeah. The first course they take in our training is why athletes love and succeed in sales. And we break it down. We break down you know, the fact that they're, you're back on a team, you're back competing with your peers, but also helping them achieve their goals. You're back growing and like having to come into a situation where you've got to be okay with turning your weaknesses into strengths, right? We harp on the fact that like, guess what? You just spent the last 25 years with a scoreboard. You're going to spend the next 25 years with a scoreboard. And that's a good thing. And here's all the reasons why. Right. So we spend a lot of time initially right up front explaining all the parallels between sports and sales because we think we don't want them 
the reason we call it shift and not transition is like we don't want them to leave their athletic identity. We actually want them to take it with them because we think if they take it with them and they just refocus and shift their focus to this new thing with the same exact mindset they just had, that's what's going to make them successful. So listen, we have attrition out of that first course. Like we tell them like, you got to be resilient because you're going to make a hundred calls and 99 people aren't going to pick up. One's going to pick up and he's going to hang up on your face. And you got to come back the next day with the same vigor and conviction you had the day before and not let it affect you. And some people hear that and they're like, I'm out. And it's like, good, that's okay. Right. So I think getting them to really understand why there are so many parallels, how there are so many parallels and why they're going to actually be successful if they keep them to the same mindset. That's the first foundational thing that we do with every athlete we work with. Yeah. And I mean, just as a side note, you know, being an athlete, you're out moving every day, you're moving your body, you're competing, you know, physically, and then to transition to, hey, you're gonna have to sit down, you know, for a large part of the day, unless you have a stand up desk, right? There's those, (laughs) but do they ever come back and be like, dude, I cannot sit here this long? Oh, we definitely like, I mean, I think everybody's feeling this right now, but we have a lot of folks that like are really remote opportunities and flexible opportunities are more important to them than really like that's like one of their number one requirements because of that, right? They want the opportunity to still kind of get up, move around during the day. And I always tell them like, listen, like it's about building your operating cadence, right? If that's important to you, you make it part of your operating cadence and you'll get it done, right? So, you know, it's definitely a conversation we find ourselves having a lot without a doubt. Yeah, it's amazing the parallels, though, between sales and athleticism, and then also just business in general. I mean, there's so many parallels there that you guys have picked up on. And then with the remote thing, what's been cool is that you can kind of organize your day. There's not like a boss, you know, breathing down your neck all the time. And so if you, you know, make 100 cold calls, and then you want to get up and like, go run five miles and come back and do it again, you can now, which is amazing. Oh, absolutely. And I think even in the companies that are working in the office, like they're being more flexible about it too, right? Like they have no choice at this point. So I think it's a much better, you know, ecosystem than when I started. It was like, if you walked in at 7.15, it was like, hey, you're here for lunch. That's nice. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I mean, I came up, even the world, you know, of, you know, you're here at 7.15, you're fired. Type yeah. of thing. I mean, it was like, <laughs> totally. no, dude. So yeah, it's changed. Oh my God, it's changed so much. But for the better, and sometimes, you know, the remote thing, it's tough for people if you're a very social salesperson. Like, you know, I love that we can do this right now. Yeah. But at the same time, I'd rather just be having coffee with you right now, you know? So 100%. Yeah, it is hard, especially for guys like us that grew up like that. Like it is... I'm a big believer that like in the office, you, there's a lot of positives to that too. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. And so what are the employers that you work with? What's their mindset? I mean, obviously there's momentum. They're liking the people that are coming in and it's, you know, there's never a perfect match, but how do the employers feel about this? Well, I think like one thing that we cover right off the bat is like the attrition piece. These kids, they don't quit, right? Like we've only had, I think one candidate out of you know hundreds that is left within the first six months of getting their role, right? We're still young, it's still early, but those things are really good. You know, and I think for us, 
our whole goal is to like really optimize that employer experience. So we're constantly getting feedback from them like, hey, great interview, super energetic, a lot of passion, could use a little, you know, rounding of the edges, JR, on some of these key skills, right? So, you know, we're constantly adding to our training based off of feedback from our clients. And, you know, software as a service now, there are softwares for almost everything in every kind of vertical. So I think one thing that we have to get better at is like verticalizing our training, like having some very specific cybersecurity, some very specific like marketing tech, fintech, you know, like those are the things that we're hearing from our clients is like, we'd like them to have a little bit more specific industry knowledge, not just how to make a cold call. So, you know, that's definitely, I think we have a lot of raw talent. We're trying to constantly do a better job of making that better than raw talent, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And do they ever say, well, this person has never been in sales before or hasn't done a sales job. How do we know that we should take a chance here? Totally. hundred percent. And we encourage all our customers to add a couple role play, you know, scenarios, case study scenarios, like see, let the kid prove that he or she's going to do the work to do the actual job. And honestly, like typically we run into that objection earlier on and we're very honest, like we're not the organization that if you want to just go hire a bunch of like seasoned BDRs, that's not us. Like that's not, if that's important to your organization, you know, we'll straight up tell you that's not us. This is what we bring moldable talent. That's never going to quit and going to run through a wall for you. It's on you a little bit to make sure that they understand your solution set specifically, but we're going to give them a great foundation. Yeah. And do you find that it used to be not so much anymore, but they would throw a bunch of BDRs at the wall and see what sticks and like half of them would be fired or let go within the fir- you know first year or something like that. Is that still happening out there or is it much more, you know, we're going to train them, we're going to try to help them and stuff like that? I think there is, there's a lot more or like, there's a lot more commitment to the success of new hires. I'm laughing because I was at a very fast growth company for you know seven years and we famously had 60% attrition in our BDR organization the entire time I was there. And it was always like, it was like an assumed risk that we were taking. Like we know that six out of these 10 people are going to fail and we're okay with that. I don't see a lot of businesses doing that anymore. And I think that's a good change without a doubt. Yeah. And it seems like that's got to be so expensive. And a lot of these companies, the economics are messed up because they get so much investment. They're just like, you know what? 60%, we can live with that, you know, as long as we get the meetings, right? But I also remember for a very brief time period, I was selling mortgage refis. (laughs) Like this is like 20 years ago. And literally, I only worked there for like a week, but I walk in like the second day and half of the floor is different. (laughs) They're all different guys. (laughs) And I go, whoa, that is crazy attrition. But (laughs) hopefully we've leveled up from there (laughs) for sure. And okay, so the other thing I wanted to ask you is, have they started to see some progress in their career? Have you got some success stories where some of the folks that you've worked with are starting to kind of work their way into the company a little bit? Yeah, we have like probably like a 25% now of, of our total candidates place that have already been promoted into AE role. You know, that's a high number, obviously. But what's unique about our offering 
is we're not, it's not just this, the fresh student athlete. We've helped a ton of professional and Olympic athletes too. Oh, wow. You've got mature human beings who like understand what it takes to be a professional and they're applying that and they're rising up the ranks faster. And I think when companies hire those folks from us, the more kind of, we call them experienced, right? And there are certain companies that say, hey, we just want the young kids and that's fine. But when you get the more experienced kid that's done it before at the professional level, even though it was in sport, we are seeing some really cool success stories about faster promotion rates than I've ever seen in my career. Oh my God, that's amazing. I did not realize that. I was under the impression it was mainly the student athletes that were new to the profession. But, you know, being associated with that caliber of people, both for the shift group and then also the employers is just a huge win on both sides. Yeah, it's amazing. We just announced our partnership with Major League Soccer. So now we're getting, you know, all these MLS Players Association connections where, you know, you've got guys that have played eight, nine years at the professional level. And, you know, there's very few athletes that make enough money to not work again, like very, very few, like less than 1%. So I think we underappreciate the opportunity to take advantage of the talent those guys and girls bring to market. So I'm really excited about that part of our business for sure. Oh my God. Okay. So you're making all these partnerships. What's next? Where do you see this going as far as, you know, more partnerships and more employers and more, 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 right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Like the thing that's been keeping me up at night for the last, you know, six months is how do I offer two things, better training and practice for my candidates and better transparency to what the companies that hire from us are getting. And we're launching the new piece of our offering in October, where instead of just getting their resume, their LinkedIn, and a cover letter about the candidate, they're actually going to get a link to a profile. The profile is going to have videos of the candidate talking about why they want to do tech sales, why they think they're going to be good at it, you know, what their story is. And then we're going to start recording the tests that every candidate takes with us. And we test them on account research, cold emails, cold calls, discovery and qualification, and 30, 60, 90s, and building an operational cadence. That test is now going to be recorded, and we're going to let our hiring partners watch the test. So they know exactly what they're getting. And this is before they ever even interview the candidate. And those tests are actually being given by third-party account executives that don't work for Shift Group. We do this thing called an assistant coaches program. We had 150 sales reps sign up for it, average tenure of nine years, and they give these candidates a grade, right? And we're going to have a leaderboard. So what's cool about the leaderboard is our candidates get to see the leaderboard internally and they get to see like the kid they played against this season has a higher score than they do. And guess what? We're going to let them take tests as many times as they want to compete. So I'm really excited about that part of our business where, you know, our hiring partners get to log in, see a leaderboard, watch videos of our candidates. And more importantly, our candidates are going to be incentivized to practice and really execute when they take those tests. That's hands down the most exciting thing we're working on right now. That's amazing. So now, did you build this program or is this sort of a third party software that you found? We built it. That's amazing. Okay. And man, so salespeople are just brutal to each other. You know, (laughs) I got to say the worst cold call you can make is like a grizzled veteran, like VP of sales. They're they're just 
they won't just hang up on you. They'll just annihilate you for fun. So how did you how did you get these assistant coaches to want to sign up? This was a hard one, but I think we came up with a good solution. It worked because we got so many people to sign up for it. Because I was thinking, we'll pay them. We'll pay them for the hour. And then I'm like, well, like an enterprise software sales rep makes like, you know, 300, $250 to $300,000 a year. What's the number I'm going to pay them? Right. So what we're doing is we're donating $100 to whatever charity they want to spend an hour with our candidate. So, and, and we're giving them flexibility, right? You want to do one hour a quarter? We're cool with that. Do one hour a quarter, but it's a cool way for, you know, like you said, grizzled vets to give back in two ways, one to their favorite charity, but two, like my whole big thing is like mentorship is so important, right? First you learn, then you earn, then you should return, right? And returning is what we're offering these people an opportunity to do is give back to the next generation of seller. It was a nice little solution where, you know, we get to give back to charity and they get to get really donate their time, which is cool. That is super cool. And to facilitate that. So I wrote that down, learn, earn and return, you know, and I think like people are kind of lost out there. And so say you're a student athlete. I mean, dude, I'm preaching to the choir, right? But it's like you're a student athlete and you're like, I know that there's a certain shelf life on my career here. Where do I go from here? You know, and I don't know. They used to go to the like career center and it's like, get some brochures and stuff like that. There was no mentorship or path. You know, you just kind of stumble around for a while until you find something. So how do we get the word out about this to people? How are you, you know, getting the word out to the athletic community that this even exists? So on the athletes, like you said, it's a two-sided market. So on the athlete side, you know, I'm an old guy. I never had social media, but the reality is, is that's where these kids are spending a lot of their time on TikTok and Instagram. So, you know, we've taken advantage, David, of this new offering for NCAA athletes, name, image, and likeness. They're actually allowed to get paid by companies like Shift Group to represent our brand. So oh, yeah. we've identified, you know, dozens of student athletes out there that we consider influencers to go out and talk about our offering on their socials. And I'll tell you, like the amount of athletes we get from TikTok and Instagram is wild. So that's a big piece of what we're doing. The other cool thing that we do, because we're announcing these partnerships with athletic departments. And what that means is, you know, we get to go on campus. And usually I'll bring in some alumni because I have a fairly large network. I usually can find a couple sellers that went to a college, played a sport there to come in. We just do a panel, very casual. Why do you love sales? What's the pros? What's the cons? And then what we've been doing is a competition. So we do an actual sales competition where every athlete gets up and pitches us on why they should be a shift group brand ambassador. And we teach them before, like, hey, what you should pay attention to for these nil deals, it's not about you. It's about what the customer cares about, right? What's their demographic? What are their strategic imperatives? And how can you help them reach their demo and achieve their goals? So that's what we judge the student athletes on. And every time we go to a school, we say we're going to give one prize. We usually give four or five nil deals coming out of those. So those are the two ways that we're trying to get in front of student athletes is through these partnerships and just having growing our brand on Instagram and TikTok. That's amazing. Okay. And then on the company side, is it mostly word of mouth or how do you, you know, get in front of the companies? 
it has been extremely organic to date. I'm super fortunate that, you know, I was part of a successful, you know, multi-billion dollar exit. And you know what happens when companies do that, right? All of a sudden it's like the Bill Belichick coaching tree. All the directors of sales at those companies get VPs of sales jobs. All those VPs yes. get CRO jobs, right? My first 15 customers were all VPs of sales that were once reps for me or directors for me or, you know, my peers wow. at that company. Okay. That's and then that gets organic too. But we are, you know, we're investing now in our own BDRs and our own director of sales. So, you know, once this leaderboard and profile stuff is live, we've got to really bring it to market quickly because, you know, we got a sh small window to get out there and do this entry level sales hiring thing differently. And that's, you know, so we are going to be doing a little bit more outbound. So for those sales leaders that are listening, I'm sorry for the cold calls you're about to get. <laughs> hey, they're ready for you, man. <laughs> they're the best training for your team. Trust me. Exactly. Exactly. And the good news is you get the pick of the recruits, right? To build up shift group. I don't want to give away your secrets, but right. I mean, you're <laughs> in charge. So literally my, the two BDRs I hired were two <laughs> candidates that came through our process and they were like, all right, what company are you going to introduce me to? And I'm like, I'm not introducing you to a company. You're coming to work for me. <laughs> <laughs> that is the secret. We'll edit that out of the podcast so nobody knows, but <laughs> you're actually taking the best of the team. And then you guys will be out in Austin on November 4th for the sales development conference, which I'm super excited about. So that's one of your marketing techniques. You're going to be out actually talking to our audience as well. 100%. Yeah. And I'm bringing my team out. We're going to do a team meeting in Austin because my team's kind of all over the country. We're going to do a little team meeting the night before. And then I'm thinking on my talk for the conference, I'm going to talk about the parallels between sports and sales and how that should drive your culture, like how you use those parallels to build a team culture that is a winning culture. Oh, that'll be so interesting because it kind of died down a little bit, but in the tech industry out here in the silicon bubble that we live in there was like uh anti-bro culture you know and so sometimes it was like you know if you brought up sports analogies and stuff then oh you're being a bro you know or there was that weird sort of dichotomy but for me it's like it's totally different a bro is like someone who's just stupid about how they treat with other people, right? right? But the sports analogies are so fitting for sales and business, you know? 100%. Yeah. No jerks, right? Like, you yes. know, any great team that anybody's ever played for, everybody treated each other with respect. So to say that, you know, having a winning team would be bro culture is shows me that somebody doesn't really quite understand how winning teams work, right? Like, that is the right culture to build in a sales organization 100% of the time. 100%. And they probably, those people were never on a winning team, so they don't know what to talk about. <laughs> but I digress. No, it's all about respect, 100%. And the best teams, the respect permeates through. And if you've got a negative culture, then the team starts to fall apart pretty darn quick. Yeah, Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Dude, I cannot wait. I'm excited to meet you and the team, get you out to Austin so you can meet more people. JR, thanks for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you, David. And thank you for building Tenbound into what it is. You guys have an awesome organization. We use your data all the time. Like I can't speak highly enough about, you know, the value you've brought as I'm new to this space outside of being a sales leader. So thank you and thank you for having me. Hey, I appreciate it. 
All right. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com. <laughs>